Om Ajnati Mirandhasya Jnananjana Shalakaya Chakshurin Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha The material manifestations, ultimate particle, which is indivisible and not formed into a body, is called the atom. It exists always as an invisible identity, even after the dissolution of all forms. The material body is but a combination of such atoms, but it is misunderstood by the common man. The atomic description of the Srimad Bhagavatam is almost the same as the modern science of atomism, and this is further described in the Paramanu Vada of Kanad. In modern science also, the atom is accepted as the ultimate indivisible particle of which the universe is composed. Srimad Bhagavatam is the full text of all descriptions of knowledge, including the theory of atomism. The atom is the, the minute, subtle form of eternal time. People in the modern age are very much enamored by what is called science. Actual science means jnana vijnana jnana vijnana sahitam knowledge and specialized knowledge, application of knowledge which Krishna speaks in Bhagavad Gita. But what is called science is very much popular among modern man because man needs to have a world view. Animals don't need it. They also have a world view. The animal's world view is They don't have a philosophy for that, but that is how animals operate. The human being is supposed to be above the Anamai platform. Human being tendency is there for Gyanamai platform to try to understand what is life all about. In the modern age, this transformation of the Gyanamai platform, Gyan means to seek out Brahma Jignasa, inquiry into the absolute truth. But in the modern age, that has become transformed into Paramanu Jignasa or Sthul Jignasa, simply inquiring into atoms or inquiring not even this, uh, even on the material platform, this Sthul and Sukshma, gross and subtle, but mostly it's simply modern science is mostly concerned with Sthul. Sukshma, that of, you may say modern physics, that is investigating the subtleties, but sukshma, according to Vedic understanding, that means man buddhi mind intelligence and false ego. So they also have psychology, they are very 
inadequate attempts to understand what are the workings of the mind. But those who consider themselves pure scientists, they consider psychology and social sciences not really to be science, because the only real science is to understand matter. They have very high regard for matter, which translated into practical life means ahara nidra bhayamaitu. When we take away all the university inquiries and research and going to the moon and all this kind of thing, then what, if you see the practical life of these scientists, then it comes down to ahara nidra bhayamaitu, eating, sleeping, mating and defending. However, we see that even in the pages of Srimad Bhagavatam, which is the topmost contribution of Srila Vyasadeva to human society, they're also discussing science. Here there's a discussion of, of the atom. And although within the pages of Srimad Bhagavatam, because the Bhagavatam is after all meant for understanding Bhagavan, is not meant for understanding the material world in great detail. But even though it's presented in concisely, in a summary form, we find in this chapter concepts which are at the present time considered the topmost field of understanding of science, how the atom is the uh, ultimate indivisible particle. Now, actually the word paramanu, that word is there, which means the smallest small, the, the greatest small. In other words, the smallest thing. And originally the word atom meant that. Now, what Newton thought of as atoms, that it's discovered that within the atom there are subatomic particles. But actually the original definition of atom was meant to be the smallest indivisible particle. But later they found what they considered to be an atom, there were things within the atom. So actually to say subatomic particle, According to the original meaning of atom, there cannot be any subatomic particle. It's an oxymoron. Anyway, they had the concept was there of something, something smaller than that. There cannot smaller than this. There cannot be anything smaller. So that is the original etymological meaning of the English word atom. That. Concept is also given here, of course, in modern physics. There's also the concept that ultimately there are no particles as such. Everything is simply energy, waves. But the point I was saying at the highest level of physics is that here the word atom is being used to mean paramana. And Paramanu is defined in 
the minute, subtle form of eternal time. So, gross matter is linked to time, which the famous formula of Einstein also brings together mass, energy, and time. E equals mc squared. So, this concept which we don't understand how gross matter is a transformation of time. Big, big scientists, atomic physicists, they can understand this. But here in Srimad Bhagavatam, that's also described. Isn't it? Interesting. <laughs> briefly, it's briefly described. The material world is described within the pages of Srimad Bhagavatam in the uh, form of Shaka Chandranya. The subject matter of Srimad Bhagavatam is not matter, it's not atom. The subject matter is Bhagavan. And Bhagavat, that which is in relationship with Bhagavan. So everything is in relationship with Bhagavan. So atoms are being described here in relationship to Bhagavan. And particularly this is being taken up because we are in the material world and our concepts are material. So Shaka Chandranyaya means the uh, it's the allegory of pointing out the moon to a child. A child has to be taught everything. A young child doesn't know what is the moon, what is the sun, what is earth, what is fire. Everything a child has to learn. So it's pointed out, this is the moon. How is it pointed out? You see this tree in between the two branches, that round ball, that's the moon. So it's pointing out something which is distant or less easy to be understood by first of all drawing attention to something which is familiar and easily understood. So, Bhagavatam, the subject matter, is Bhagavan. But, we are on the other side of the Virajanadi and we see we are on the wrong side. Bhagavan is on that side. He's also here, but his own abode, or the spiritual world, is on the other side of the Virajanadi, where everyone can see things clearly. They understand everything in terms of Krishna. And in this material world, we understand everything in terms of matter. We under, without even knowing who is Krishna, we are absorbed in Krishnetara, that which is not, or that which is conceived of as being separate from Krishna. Vitaitoya Pratyeta, Yapatyeta Chapman, Yadvidyad Atmano by Mayam, Yatabhaso Yatotamaha, Yatatamaha. Lord Krishna defines Maya as that which is conceived of without a relationship with me, which may appear to be real, but it's not real, it's like a reflection. 
in the darkness. So, there are so many theories, scientific theories, intellectual theories, produced in this material world, and they may seem brilliant. Just like Marxist theory seemed so good that Lenin thought it was worth killing a whole bunch of people and making a big revolution to institute Marxism. It seemed like a good idea. Everyone should be equal, but it turned out to be a big mess. Because it's only yathabhaso yathatamaha. It's only a reflection of the, some reality is there, but it's a, it's like the glower, little spark in the darkness. So yes, that everyone is equal. That's true. So it appeals to us. But the attempt to make everyone equal on the material platform is impossible. Even on the spiritual platform, the, the sameness is there, but difference is there also. So trying to stress the sameness, he simply made a mess for all of human society. But it appears to be, it appears to be, for us who are on the other side of the Viraja Nadi, with our um, restricted vision, it appears to be very bright and very wonderful. The glowworm appears to be giving tremendous light to persons who have not seen the sun. So, here in the pages of Bhagavatam, scientific knowledge is given to, so that we can, un, to point us towards Krishna. Everything is in relationship with Krishna. But how we can understand how this material world is working under the direction of Krishna. What to speak of the small atoms? Even the great planets, they are controlled by Krishna and all the different planets have different atmosphere. And it is all set up under Govinda's direction. But because we do not accept Govinda, we do not accept that he is the giver of pleasure to the senses, but we are meant to give pleasure to his senses. Because we think, I should be the enjoyer. Therefore we cannot see. Or seeing and we don't see. Pashyan apina pashyati. We see everything in Shastra is there for, what Shastra describes about the material world. Everything is there for us to see. But we don't see. We see everyone is suffering in material life. But we don't see because we are thinking that we are meant to enjoy here. And then even if we see God, we, we say, I believe in God. We believe in God who is supposed to fulfill my sensual desires. Therefore, we can never understand who is He. So, Bhagavatam is teaching us science as compared to the nescience, which goes on in the name of science 
in which the whole endeavor of modern science is how to reinforce our forgetfulness of Krishna. How to, we have proved that water is composed of hydrogen and oxygen. We have proved that so many scientific investigations, we have, we have shown that there are different elements in existence. We've shown what are their, uh, what are their atomic constitutions within the periodic table. We're even able to predict that there are different uh, elements, some highly unstable radioactive elements, We're able to predict and then produce them. So this is the advancement of modern science. And then we have ultimately shown by science that there is no God. No, you haven't, you rascal. This is the cheating. Prabhupada very kindly exposed the cheating rascaldom of modern science in which they show a few, a few tricks just like uh, this uh, rocket, which is just uh, rockets they blast off from Sri Harikota or Cape Kennedy or whatever which is just an oversized Shivakasi rocket by technology. It's, the, it's nothing much... It's, by technology, what they're doing is nothing more than what they're making in Shivakasi. It's just bigger, that's all. So, uh, and then the people, oh, they're going to the moon. Oh. And then the scientists say, and, and this proves there's no God. Oh, oh, oh. People are foolish. They like this philosophy because they're rascals. We're in this material world because we are rascals. We like to think we're very pious, but actually we're here due to our Krishna Bahya Mukta. Krishna Bhuli Sejivanadi Bahya Mukta. We say, why? Why is this happening? Why tsunami? Where is God? Was God sleeping or it's not the time for him to sleep at that time? So why tsunami? This is the rascals will say, why, why, where is God? We cannot believe in God. But those who understand, uh, they will say, why not more tsunamis? People are performing so many sinful activities. We like to think that God is someone kind who blesses us to enjoy our senses separately from Him. This is rascal. So this whole modern science that is developed to forget God. And modern religion is also developed to forget God. It's all a big farce. They don't want to know who is Krishna. They have these interfaith meetings. But if, if we don't come to the point of Savadhaman Paritya, then uh, their so-called faith in God is actually rebelliousness against against him. It's a pretense that we shall, we believe in God. But they don't, they won't even, if you go to these interfaith meetings, and they won't even want to discuss who is God. Or they'll leave it as omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, and that's it. That is the definition. Just, he's everywhere, he knows everything, and that's it. And you, you pray to him and from somewhere he sends some bread. Give us this day our daily bread. So they're not actually theists. It's, it's a, a 
pious excuse for avoiding Krishna. If we are actually to be theistic, we have to understand who is Krishna. We have to see the world in relationship with Krishna and understand that we have no actual relationship with this world. This description of science is given here. This is, we may say, that oh, in the Vedas there's also science. Yes, but not like your science. Your science is how to forget Krishna. That is the purpose of your science. And this science is how to remember Krishna. <laughs> so, then they say, we're very, we become very happy in the Western countries when the government says, the Hare Krishna religion. It's recognized as a religion. But we shouldn't want to be recognized as what they think is religion. So, Prabhupada sometimes said, don't, don't say this is religion. Because what people think of as religion, it's, it's cheating. Dharma projita kaitava atra. And what they call religion from the beginning of Bhagavatam is rejected. So Prabhupada said that this is a philosophical, scientific and cultural movement for the re-spiritualization of the entire world. If you say religion, then people say, oh, it's a religion, okay. Put it in that box. Put a label. This is a, Hare Krishna is a religion. Okay, it's like Judaism or Christianity. Put it in a box, forget it. You want, you want to be Hare Krishna? Okay, very nice. You don't want to be? Also very nice. No. This is not a religion. It's not a choice. You, I, either you're Krishna conscious or you're a dog and a cat or a wolf or whatever. Birth after birth. It is not choice. The choice is there, but it's not a good choice. Just like, uh, you can choose between either, uh, either I'll give you a million dollars or shoot you in the head. What do you want? And you could say it's a choice, but no, no sane person would choose to get shot in the head. So it's that kind of choice. You have the choice, we have the choice to take to Krishna consciousness or not. We have the choice either to go to Krishna or to become a cat, dog, or a human being, or Indra, or Indra Gop, or whatever. So this is, this is Atma Dharma. This is the actual propensity of the soul, not religion. They've invented the idea of religion to forget God. Religion is a, it's an activity of human society and put it in a box and Put it over there and like that. If you want, you can do it. If you don't, you don't. So they've made it another, this, what they call religion, it's another bhutik upadhi, a material designation. If a, a label, Christian, Muslim, it's another designation. But Krishna consciousness is sarvopadhi, vinir muktam, Krishna conscious means to be free of all these labels, including religion label. Krishna consciousness means to understand we are not the body. We are eternal spirit soul, and as eternal spirit soul, we are only function is to serve Krishna. We may say, well, in the material world you can be a soldier, tinker, tailor, soldier, sailor, call center operator, 
garbage cleaner, you can do so many things. But in Krishna consciousness, there's only one thing to do. The actual position of the Atma is only to serve Krishna. Of course, there are limited ways to do that. Not as a call center operator. But there are limited ways to serve Krishna. But the basic function of the Jiva is one only to serve Krishna. So this description of the atom is being given so that we can distinguish between what is matter and what is spirit. Here it's being given in detail. This is the first teaching of Krishna in Bhagavad Gita. What is the difference between matter and spirit? Krishna chastised Arjuna. Why are you asking such a damn stupid question? Why did he chastise him? Because he was supposed to be Arya, situated on a platform of higher knowledge, which begins with understanding the difference between spirit and matter. Now that is being, the same topic is being discussed in more detail here, because foolish people, which means almost everybody, they consider the body to be the self. But here is being described what are atoms to distinguish between the atom and atma. Atom means paramanu. Nothing smaller than that. But there is smaller than the smallest. The smallest material thing is Bhagavan. He is able to enter in. There's no material space within the atom. It's the smallest particle. But Bhagavan enters there. Because he is smaller than the smallest. And greater than the greatest. So this is being taught here so that we can distinguish between spirit and love. And we talk, talk about religion, God, all these things. First of all, we have to understand what is the difference between spirit and matter. Otherwise, we talk about God and so many big things, but we don't know what the difference between the body and the soul is. And then we see, we talk of God and we think God is also material because we have no concept of what actually is spiritual. And we think that spiritual goes to some... You know, modern India people just say you have this art of ra this rascal, this uh, Shankar, what's his name? Yeah, that's right. So, uh, he's, he's teaching, what is this, stress management, personality development, throws in a few lines from the Upanishads, and people think this is spiritual. It's absolutely mundane. But people, there's no teaching. What is the difference between the body and the soul? So they think that I am the body or I am the mind. We don't know what is the difference between body and soul. We haven't had basic ABC education. Again, this interfaith nonsense. They're going and talking about what is God. They don't even they don't even know what is ABC. And you're going to discuss Shakespeare. They don't know what the difference between the body and the soul is. You're going to talk about God. It's nonsense. It's foolishness. So this teaching is essential. What is, what is matter? What is spirit? Because we are on this side of the Virajanadi, from our consciousness of seeing everything in terms of Ishvara Hamma Hambhogi, 
Everything here is meant for my enjoyment. I'm supposed to control it. So we have to hear again and again. Here we find this third canto of Bhagavatam, intricate description of matter, so that we can understand what is matter and what is not matter, what is beyond matter. So intricate, of course, in terms of science, it's concise, but in terms of Bhagavat, it's a, it's a whole chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam. So that is to help us. We have to hear this again and again because our tendency, even after taking to study of Bhagavatam, is to identify with this body. And we cannot be a Vaishnava if we identify with the body because the body is not a Vaishnava. If we identify with this body, that means we identify, have a separate interest from that of Krishna. And, and then we make all kinds of offenses. We start thinking in terms of Indian Vaishnav, non-Indian Vaishnav, and rich Vaishnav, and poor Vaishnav. Although we tend to we tend to judge ourselves and others in terms of our materially acquired situation. So this this Vaishnava is better this Vaishnava is better than that Vaishnava because this Vaishnava is earning twenty thousand rupees a month and that one's only earning six thousand a month. So better better Vaishnava. This is on the mundane platform, but we cannot go beyond the mundane platform unless our worldview or understanding is based on Bhagavad Tattva Vigyana. Bhagavad Tattva Vigyana Mukta Sangasya Jayati. Bhagavatam itself states that we can get free from material attachment by understanding what is the science of knowledge of Bhagavan given in the Bhagavatam. So this is very important. We may think, oh, our discussion about him, let's just, let's just go through that quickly and jump up to the Rasa Leela. But this is required. Much work is required. Prabhupada writes in this section of Bhagavatam that uh, this one verse is discussing this one verse can be the subject of much scientific research. Prabhupada also wanted that, scientific research. To show how Bhagavad gives the highest knowledge, to show how what is in Bhagavatam, that is the scientific knowledge given in Bhagavatam, can be understood can be verified by modern science and then if people have faith in modern science and they oh, so Bhagavatam knows something, then they can come to the other teachings of Bhagavatam. One devotee was telling me that uh, one, how do you say that word, obstetrician, did I say it right? No one else wants to try either, okay, it's a tough word. Anyway, Obstetricians, similar to gynecologists, they deal with birth and womb. And, hmm? You're also trying. Okay. So uh, this doctor, was waiting to see the devotee. Who's, 
an astrologer. She was taking advice from her. So he, while she was waiting, he gave her one chapter from I can't either Charaka or Sususha, Ayurvedic text. He gave her a translation of that to read. The translation which is concerned with the obstetrics or whatever it is. In the Bhagavatam, description of how the semen, not in the Bhagavatam, from the original, I think it was Charak Samhita, the original Ayurvedic or classic Ayurvedic work, Charak So that was describing how the semena mixes with the ovum. It's described there briefly in Bhagavatam, but in more detail. And she was surprised. Oh, these ancient, this is. And he was telling us coming from many thousands of... Oh, we thought we just discovered this. So there is... After all, it is scientific knowledge. And the scientists, by their research, we're not saying that everything that they find they discover is... Most of the things they discover, we can accept as factual. It's only when they start ta- start talking nonsense that, that man is descended from monkeys and, and then we have to put a limit. If they say... That yes, there are radioactive elements. Okay, all right, we accept. We don't argue. If we say that uh, aspirin can not exactly cure a headache, but it can suppress the symptoms of headache, we say, all right, let's have a have a headache. Take an aspirin. All right, we don't computer. Okay, yeah, it works sometimes. So. <laughs> All right, we'll give credit where credit is due. They've found out some things, but we'll point out that what you're discovering, it's already discovered there, it's already there in Shastra. As much science as we need to live in this world, to get out of it. Modern science teaches us how to live in this world and become more entangled. You spend all your life studying frogs. Bhagavatam teaches, hey man, you're going to become a frog. Now you're a big PhD, the world expert on frogs. And you can do more research for many lifetimes. With a frog's eye view of the world, you can really know everything about frogs by becoming one. That's what will happen to you. By becoming a frogologist. So people should understand this. Knowledge for knowledge's sake, we're studying. It's why we're increasing the, the stock of human knowledge. But it's all ignorance. It all amounts to zero. Unless we understand that we are not the body, we're eternal servants of Krishna. This is a Krishna conscious understanding of science, which means an actual understanding. Science or study of matter is only of any use if it is subservient to the principle of samsidhiyaharitoshana. The whole of human society, whatever it is, science, technology, mathematics, art, whatever it may be, everything should, that may be there. We're not saying stop science, stop art, stop music. No, we develop these things. But for the sake of everything should be directed towards satisfying Hari. That is the topmost perfection. Some sit here, Hari Toshanam.
So all these things should go on. What is that verse? Satahi Pungsas. Hmm? What is that? Shiva Bhagavad Institute verse? Nene. Naradmuni. Kavivini Rupita. What is how does that verse begin? No, I'm forgetting. Srishtasya Suktasya Chabuddhidate Yoho. That all the, all the, uh, endeavors of human society, they should be channeled towards Ya Uttama Shloka Gunarnavanam. Praising the qualities of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Idangi Pungsas Tapasashitasima, Srishtasya Suktasya. Chabuddhi Dato Yoho. All, all asked. Idangi Pungsas Tapasa, Tapasya. Shuta, learning. Recitation of the Shastra, all these things. Development of knowledge. All of intelligence. So all these things, they should be for the glorification of Uttama Shloka, Bhagavan Krishna. Then, very good. Otherwise, very bad. Hare Krishna. Is there any question about this? <laughs> any comments? Yeah. Do you have this cordless mic? No. Prabhupada, yeah, Prabhupada said there's a, within each atom there's the suksha. The dormant jiva is there. Confusing, difficult to understand. Do research. There's so many things need researching. How will you research that? Then you have to go more. See, one thing is that. Parampara is lost. There's so much Shastra and so much, so many branches of knowledge. But so much is lost. And it's becoming lost more and more. So, to establish Krishna consciousness, one thing Prabhupada didn't, Prabhupada's vision of Krishna consciousness wasn't as a religion. But he wanted to re-spiritualize the whole world, have Krishna conscious culture and civilization. Not the Western modern civilization with a, with Krishna conscious added on top, which is what we're trying to do at the present time. So to have the Vedic civilization, then we have to have all science, art, music, all Krishna conscious. So that needs reviving. Otherwise, we get uh, we get uh, when they say wearing this T-shirt, Nam Rock. Uh, rock music is meant for going to hell. It's, it's hellish noise, full of. Calm, crowd, low, mohamatsa, all the... Rock music is produced from the lowest modes of material nature. 
So it's you can do if if we ourselves are attracted to these hellish vibrations. In the name of preaching, we can do nam rock. But if we want to satisfy Krishna, we have to do music the way he likes it, and there's no rock bands in Vaikuntha. <laughs> so this culture has to be instead of becoming instead of trying to Krishnaize the demoniac culture. The real thing is to find out what culture that Krishna wants and introduce that to society. So we have a lot. Culture means science. There's so much work to do. There's so much work to do. Intelligent young men of India, previously intelligent people in India, they were studying Shastra. Now they're studying computer science. So, so much good intelligence is being wasted on them. It's useless thing. So, we, we require intelligent people to come and study Shastra and bring that to human society for the actual uplift of society. Everything is polluted. Art, science, music, culture, everything. Everything in modern society is produced from the lower modes of nature. Divert it better to replace it. It's just a, a you see, some things they cannot be used very well in the service of Krishna. It's like, how can we make this butcher shop Krishna conscious? Close it down. You cannot make a butcher shop Krishna conscious. You can close it down and use it for a better purpose. That's possible. Many of our temples in the western countries were previously bars, brothels. For some reason we always seem to get these kind of buildings. But now they're fully spiritual. So, I, you can do that. You can go among all the young people and they'll chant Hare Krishna. But you have to, by you singing it with all this heavy rock music and this and that. But, but if we're actually, if they're actually going to become Krishna conscious, then we, we have to teach them to perform that kind of music which is pleasing to Krishna. Otherwise, it's, if we're doing the music which is pleasing to our polluted senses and and instead of singing, Hey baby, I love you, you're singing, Hey baby, I love you, you're singing, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Like, it's not actually pleasing to Krishna. It's pleasing to our senses and it's, it's better than saying, Hey baby, I love you. But it's not what Krishna wants. So, sometimes you say that we can use that for preaching. Well, maybe. We can say the preaching is successful when people give that up and start chanting in kirtan the way that Krishna likes. In what? Yeah, Prabhupada indicated that the modern, the modern education system is slaughterhouse. Sorry? Sorry, I couldn't hear. Yeah. 
schools closed. There's no need for so many schools. School is meant, not everyone needs this education. Not required. The idea that everyone should be educated, that's modern society they have because they want a technological society. So everyone has to be educated how to be a shudra, how to operate all these different machines. But it's not required for everyone. Education means to understand the difference between spirit and matter. That is the purpose of education. Or one may, there may be education in some specialized subject like Ayurveda, something like this. But just like I used to see in Calcutta in the 1970s, you go in Barabaza, which is the Marwari capital of Calcutta, there'll be an eight-year-old boy in the shop dealing with the customers. And his father's there and grandfather's there also. So he's learning at eight, eight years old. He can, learn, he can learn how to deal with the customers. He can learn that at the age of eight and definitely by the age of 18 he'll be fully competent. He can take the business decisions himself. There's no need for him to get some big, what is it, mass MCOM or this and that. He can handle the business. It's, it's straightforward. It's not so difficult that he has to go and get all this degree, this, that and the other. So, uh, there's no need for everyone to get education. And then, also, by the arrangement of nature, women's bodies give birth to children, in case you didn't notice. Of course, you might not notice, because most of them don't get married until they're about 35. And then, they're not, and then even they're giving birth to children, they're giving the child to some amma, and they're going off to the office. But women give birth to children, so they have an import, their important role in society is to look after children. So they also don't get education in the rating system. They, uh, they learn at home what they need to know, which is how to look after children, how to look after the home, all these things. So first thing is not required to have such a complex society in which everyone is educated. And everyone basically becomes a demon by this education anyway. So yeah, we don't need so many schools. School means teaching in Shastra. That is required for most intelligent classes. Not for everyone. Definitely this teaching of Darwin theory should be stopped. It's, it's misleading. It's cheating in the name of education. They're teaching lies. Always means this has to be understood in context of other teachings in Shastra. That matter is not eternal. Always here means for the duration of the cosmos. Sorry? Yeah, after the dissolution of all forms means when everything enters into Vishnu. All the forms are dissolved in Vishnu, but still matter is existing, no? In subtle form. So the atom is described here as the subtle form of time. So it continues to exist.
I don't really understand the example, so I can't comment. I have no pretenses to be a scientist, researcher. Here a general description is given. More detailed descriptions are needed, but for that research will be required. What is the meaning of atom? When you hear Prabhupada is writing atom, it doesn't mean what the modern scientists say, atom. Hare Krishna.